This time on Matters, a story about Rosemary, Brian Lark, Dreamboat. I found my biological family. I show up eventually. All this and more on this exciting episode of Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to them. I'm Matt Nawson for the first time in 172 episodes. My good buddy, Matt Rose, is not across me at the table this evening. Uh, he got hung up at work, which is super rare for him. But I, I word on the street is that he will be back during this episode, so... We're holding out the candle for him. But, dear listener, worry not. I've got Behind the Wheels of Steel and Everything Production, my great friend Eric Hanke. I just thought I would yawn like Matt Rose at at your intros. (laughs) Oh, you sure you didn't want to take a drink? (laughs) Take that, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I am happy to have you. Ladies and gentlemen. Joining us in the Matter Studio this evening or morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, is gosh darn one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. You may know her as the author of the book Happyish. You may know her in her many performances at Go Comedy Improv Theater, the Planet Ant Theater. She's also been a part of other theaters across <laughs> Michigan. So many theaters. So many theaters. Oh, <laughs> the Improv Inferno. She worked there. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that thing that they did at the YMCA. She's done that. Sure. She used to take classes at Second City Detroit, where I met her. She was above me in the ranks. Yes. But gosh darn it, it is a pleasure to call her a friend. Please welcome this share. Share. She shares. Please welcome Cher. (laughs) She, if she could turn back time, she would make sure that I learned how to talk. Kara Troutman, everybody. Although, God, wouldn't it be great if I was Cher? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for you and me. But no, hi. I'm super excited to be here. This has been a long time coming. It has. We it has. we've been doing the show for a, a long time, 172 episodes to be exact. I, yeah. Congrats. And thank you. Thank you. Over three years. And then while I was doing the Matt Noss variety show, mm-hmm. so that is like three years ago, uh, I was like, hey, you should do an episode of Matters. <laughs> and then dropped the ball for yeah. a solid 150 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was just getting ready for tonight. <laughs> that whole time. You've been storing it up. It is. My career is coming to a point and it's tonight. Oh. On this. Yeah. I you oh. know I this is not I am going to I'm going to praise you because you are one of my favorite people. Aww. You're one of my favorite performers. You are True. You are. That's true. <laughs> it's a true statement. Um, you are one of the true joyful wild cards I've ever met in my life. When you perform, I'm always like, "What's Kara gonna do?" Uh, the one of the first things that I saw her do, she does this jut out move with her arms and just goes, "Ah!" And she did it in a set, and I loved it. 
Thank you. Um, so it is, and you were above us. I remember I saw you and Lauren do a lot of stuff together when I was coming up. So yeah, Lauren Bickers and I took our first class together at Second City. That's oh. how we met each other. Uh, back in 2000, I had just gotten back from the Peace Corps. I was in Africa. And uh, I wanted to take some acting classes. I signed up for an acting class at Second City. Uh, and then the acting class was canceled. Um, and they were like, we have improv. And I was like, I can't do improv. I'm not funny. So I said no. And then like the week later, as I was living with my parents' house and I had no friends, I was like, I can take the improv class. <laughs> I need to have a life. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, that's been like 17 years of my life and friends and people. and yeah. What's been amazing is then... I saw you in, you're going to have to help me. I, sh- I saw you in the show at the Ringwald uh, that Brian was in. I cannot remember the name of that show to save my life. When the rain stops? Yes, when the rain, when the, when, not Wayne, when the rain stops falling. When the uh-huh. rain stops falling. When I saw you in that, you were so powerful in it. Oh. It was such a great performance. And you just murdered it. You Thank just you. did such a great job. I think, if I'm thinking correctly, that was one of my, one of my first kind of serious uh, yeah. actory actor roles. I mean, I love comedy, and I always want to do comedy, but I think I love doing serious work. And that one in particular, I had to have an Australian accent. Yes, you did. And I was just telling someone this story the other day, because I uh, was in Something Rad with Matt and Mitch recently, Yeah, uh, and I've done this a psychic character with an Australian accent. She talks like this, just because I think it's really funny, because you normally would not have an Australian accented uh, psychic. Right. Um, so someone was asking me about the accent, how did you get it? And I, I was like... I tried everything and I, I was reading books and listening to YouTube, like how to get an Australian accent. I couldn't get it. And then I found this uh, net Netflix series called H2O, which is like kind of saved by the bell, but it's Australian and it has mermaids. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it's for real. I mean, it has the feeling of saved by the bell, that kind of like sitcom-y uh-huh. fun light. So I started watching this sitcom and, uh, and I, I got the accent and I watched so much that when the show went up, I kept watching it. I mean, this is a show for like teenage girls, but uh-huh. I was like Australian oh, teenage girls, <laughs> specifically Australian teenage girls. But that's that's how I got the accent, which now I'm not doing it as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. Australian's a difficult accent, and yes. so is New Zealand because yes. they're different. New Zealand's a little bit more pinched, I've noticed. Yes. I like they the way that things end and I can't do it, so it's not even Someone just complimented me after the show for my New Zealand accent and I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> well, the way that the way that you've said a couple of those words Thanks. to me hit hit my ears a little, little bit more, more New Zealand. New Zealand, I'm a psychic, shuffles and cards. <laughs> that's welcome to the podcast <laughs> that's that's new zealand <laughs> okay well now i've moved on to either, either one they're yeah. they're both great thank you Ah, uh, god eric i don't have a question yet <laughs> i just said your name and i acted Is like your I question had something. when was the first time i saw both of you ever Yes, that is the question. The answer to that was in the first All Star Showdown that I'd ever gone to. Yeah, hold it. You saw us together in Moose Hunt. No, it was an All Star Showdown. Wait, is is that that was our team? Was our team? It was Tim K, Kara, and myself. Nope, because I thought about it uh, today, and I'm pretty sure this is this is correct. Okay, Um, this was the I don't know who was on what team, but uh, Kara, you were in it. 
mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Matt Noss, Chris D'Angelo. Okay. Familiar with his his work. Uh, yep. PJ Jacobs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Susie Jacobs. Clearly wow. his sister. Yep. <laughs> clearly. At least that night. Uh, and then Gary Lehman was there and hosted wow. by Mr. Brian Lark. Wow. You saw. It was a goddamn murderer's row. That's a power cast. Yeah. And I said, I got to go back. So we were probably the substitutes or the the comeback kids. The yeah, comeback, the comeback kids. kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Where we are all child actors. Yeah. Mine was always, uh, hey everybody, I'm Matt Noss. You might re- remember me as Doctor Green on ER. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's what it was. It was I would do some bullshit that I was on a Fox show. I was on a lot of Fox shows that were canceled, like Drexel's Class and Booker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and nice. now you can see me at the Shelby Township Playhouse as part of ER. <laughs> I believed it. And I believed it. I played Dr. Green. Well, I really did believe it. Like, yeah. Like, I remember that was... Um, you believed that we were come for real? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, especially, Matt, like, that night, um, it was maybe two weeks after the first Hungry Howie Super Bowl ad that ran like right. It was the last local commercial before the actual Super Bowl ads, yeah. right? So, uh, PJ was in that, and I remember seeing PJ and going, "God, this guy looks familiar." This guy looks familiar, but Matt, you, you looked like the most familiar to me. Huh. Where I was like, "This guy's been in something." I know. And then when when you started saying that you when I started lying profusely, <laughs> I fucking believed it. I believed it. That's wonderful. But that was the night I fell in love with Brian Lark. Aww. Aww. Well, he's easy to follow. I mean, in a with. dirty way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is a pretty man. He's he is a pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think in the two plus years that we did. Flight 1977. Did you ever go on microphone and say, "Hey, Brian, you're pretty"? No, I never even made eye contact with the man. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. Didn't want to give it away. I gotta, hey, man, I got to keep this wrapped up. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's. I'm glad to have you on the show because you are a tremendous friend. Ah, uh, you are a tremendous friend. Ah, shucks. I, I love uh, no, but like I, I have now that I've known you over ten years. Yeah, you always strike me as one of the most loyal people I know. Like you, you don't shit talk anybody. You let things happen that happen. Yeah, but you're like, I like this person. Then I'm not going to stop liking this person. And I've always found that to be an enviable Aww. characteristic thank, about you. Thank you. I like. Yeah, I like having friends, and I feel very lucky. I like having friends. <laughs> so, so interesting. I feel very lucky being in this community. Like I said, when I first started off, like I didn't have that many friends. When I was in the Peace Corps, people, you know, went on with their lives and moved out of state or did their thing. And so it was a huge thing to find a community of people that were so diverse and creative and interesting and kind. And like now, you know, Actors and improvisers are probably 96% of my friends. I cannot imagine my life without them. No way. And I love not only, you know, like, I love having a range of friends, a range of age of friends. It's not, you know, when we're in this community, it's just like you're hanging out with people in your 40s. No, I know people in their 30s and 20s. Like, well, I consider them my good friends. I think that's really lucky and odd. I think it is lucky. I think when I go to work, I am around a lot of people who are 
my age, but definitely not too much younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a few mid twenties, but mostly everybody's mid thirties and older. Yeah. So like to be able to be around twenty somethings and not have it be like a superficial kind of like Yeah. Oh, we don't get you, old man. <laughs> Not at all. If anything, there's such a respect built into this community that it's always amazing when you get to that point when you're like, oh, people respect me and know who I am, and I don't know who they are, or they look up to me. Like, they were, I don't know what – I can't remember when that was. It was a long time ago because people really look up to me. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, it, do you know what I'm talking about? It's Absolutely. weird when people are like – when they're like, oh – you're like, oh, you you think I'm a big deal. It's so weird because I feel like the same person. I definitely understand what you're talking about. And when I let it get to my head mm-hmm. is usually when I'm about a day away from having something crushing <laughs> happening to yes. me. Yeah. So the theater that we both work out of um, often is Go Comedy in mm-hmm. Ferndale. And in the training center uh, the in the HQ, they have put up a bunch of old posters, mm-hmm. and I am on a lot uh-huh. of these posters, like from the Sing Along Singer thing that I did to Ferndale 248. I mean, these shows are older now. I mean, they're six plus years old, yeah. some of them, um, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm on a lot of them. It's not like one or two are hard to see my face. Yeah, you're there. I was in the room... Te- subbing a class, subbing, because I don't really teach that much anymore. Uh-huh. And <laughs> this person who's in this room goes, who are you? Oh. Never seen you before. <laughs> and I'm like, turn around. <laughs> it was just like, not that big, Matt. You're yeah. not nope. that no. big. No, you're never that. Yes, we're, we are never that big, but yeah. But it's like, just turn the fuck around. <laughs> but it's amazing the turnover. There will always be a certain amount of the community that's there. But like in a great way, there's so many new people coming into yeah. this community. Right. And now, you know, back in the day, you knew everyone pretty much. <laughs> you just did. Yeah. Now between Planet Ant and Go Comedy and Pointless, uh, there's just so much going on. You can't. Even if you taught, every, you know, like every term, you still wouldn't know everybody. It was in every Impossible. show. Right. Uh, which is says a lot about the community and there are so many people doing the showdown that I do not know. Yes. Yeah. Do have never mm-hmm. set foot on stage with them. Mm-hmm. Don't know them. They're strangers to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I mean, it's funny that you say that because we did a show together with kind of young upstarts. We did uh Alexander Hamilton fully loaded. Uh, yes. So great. Which was a super fun show, but it was like two newbies, really, yeah. their first real show. And they were like, they got you and I, yeah. who are been around a while. I and think they were surprised to get, I know that they were yeah, surprised. Yeah. And they, to they said us. to both of us, yeah. they were like, we didn't think you would do it. Mm-hmm. And both of us were just like, why wouldn't we do yeah, it? It was a great show, and they're super fun, and they've got super great energy, and and, and they and amazing. they know yeah. what they're doing, mm-hmm. yeah. and and they picked PJ as a director, which um is always a good call when you kind of are loose that you have somebody who's been yeah. at the helm mm-hmm. more than once. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like everybody was new. He was like, 
all right, you guys need to do this. You need yeah. to do this. So it was like, okay, we're in good hands. Yes. But once we read the script, we were like, yeah, <laughs> duh. It was, it was super fun. Super fun. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to talk to you about improv this much. <laughs> uh, but I love talking about improv. Sure. I, I've, it's funny. I did um, just a little one-off um coaching session because i don't do too much i don't even perform that much right now yeah uh with the baby and with everything it's kind of just been on the back burner and 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 i podcast so much like i can be podcasting monday tuesday and wednesday every week if i want to so i did i did a workshop Mm. and kind of just a one-off and it was uh chris peterson travis um maggie uh katie and matt penridge is also in that group but he Mm -hmm. just wasn't there that day and it was so much fun because I forgot how much I know. Oh, yeah. And how much I love it. Like, I am not good at it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'm good at improvising. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, that's where my head is. Like, when yeah, I perform, I'm just like, well, I know, right? I should take your workshop. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm like, uh, I feel like I'm the weakest link in anything I'm doing, which is crazy, but it is the my baggage, like the stuff that Matt, I bring. We in. should do it's, more shows together. I was going to say, it's crazy, but it's more common than you think. Absolutely. But, Ab- but for us, it's ridiculous to hear you mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. I kind of feel like you, with your get the fuck out of your head workshop, Mm-hmm. can push for that type of truth, but I wanted to hear it from you, like what you try to do when you do something like that. The the workshop? That workshop. Like sure. W- or, so the origin of that workshop, uh, the workshop that I teach, get out of your fucking head, uh, was because I am human. <laughs> 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 I was in my head so often for so many years, and I'd been doing improv for a while, and I was just, I was just nervous it wasn't when I was performing, but just in life in general and some performing things, I just felt like I was in my head. And so I started doing something about it and researching and reading books and all that jazz, meditating, things like that. And there was things that worked for me. And so then I thought like, well, I can't remember how it came up. There was a workshop time. Maybe it was spring break workshops that are coming up. Go anyway. I was like, I should, this helped for me work for me. I should teach other people. But then I got super in my head about <laughs> teaching a workshop about getting out of this your is, head. This is so funny uh-huh. because there is a thing, I kind of call it Midwest nice. Yeah. Where yeah. like we will stop ourselves from doing things sometimes, I think yeah. in the Midwest, because we're like, oh, nobody needs to get bothered with that. Yes. Yes, I feel like, well, you know, one of the things I feel like if you have an idea, the reason why you have that idea is because you're supposed to do it. And if it's scary, then you're probably really supposed to do it, right? Yeah. Like, not everything's supposed to be, like, totally easy and lean into it and have no fear. I had a lot of fear going into that first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, just uh, last two weeks ago, I taught my 10th one, so I was pretty proud. Uh, And this one was a corporate. I've never done a corporate one, so that was really cool. Uh, But, yeah, just taking those techniques um, and, and... we don't do a lot of improv in this workshop that people are almost usually relieved, you know, like we'll do some games. It's not like you're just sitting there, but the focus is more like, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff, uh, stuff to do before a show, stuff to do during a show or audition stuff to do after. 
and then you can take whatever works for you or play around with it. That's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I love that. Not mm-hmm. a bit. Sure. I, I wanted to take your class, but I was afraid to. <laughs> not a bit. No. And, I believe that. And not only that, yeah. um, today on my time, this is Time Hop only yeah. shows you yeah. today's, right? Today, three years ago, I on something I posted, like I'm constantly telling myself, stay out of your head. That's, That's so exactly. crazy. That's so crazy. Because I'm always fucking t- talking to myself. Yeah. Get out of your head. Yeah. Well, and I, I've taught a lot of different people, but I've taught a lot of beginners, but I've also taught veterans. I did one for the resident co a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that, you know, like your Hingelbergs, your Travises, people that are way up there. If anything I've learned is that everybody is in their head to some extent, sure. even them, you yeah. know, like it's very easy for you just to be like, whoa, this is me. Because I think especially in my life coming up, it was never something that people talked about. So I didn't realize it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you say weird things to yourself in your head or you're scared to do something mm-hmm. or, you know. It, well, it's like you can, you know, it's limiting beliefs and traps that yes. you can kind of set for yourself to verify your own limiting beliefs. Yeah. I, and it, like I will do, I can get stuck in what's your point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you don't have a point of view. When it's like impossible to talk without without a point of view. Maybe your point of view is not having a point of view. That's still a point of view. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like your laissez-faire <laughs> attitude about things is a hardcore uh-huh. point of view. Mm-hmm. But like, because you'll watch comedy specials, right, about stand-ups. Yeah. And it's like, once he figured out his point of view... And then the world was his oyster. Once he found a great hat and a point of view. Right. Like, once Drew Carey realized that these horn rim glasses were his ticket home. You know what? When you say that, I feel like that equates to not point of view is once he got comfortable with himself. Right. And did the thing that came most natural to him, which or her, which is going to be different for everybody. Right. That's when you take off. When you're like, fuck it, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And maybe I am going to fart before every show because I'm nervous. <laughs> and maybe I've been doing this for 15 years. And maybe, you know, like Beyonce gets nervous. I can get nervous. But I feel like the closer you can get to just not giving a fuck so much that you are who you are, the better. That's who people respond to. Because that's what people want. Yes. They, yeah. don't, they don't want the idea of the character or yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. They want the real thing. Yes. Vulnerability is a amazing thing. It's funny. It's like alive. It's interesting. But when we like coat all of that, it's boring. Yeah. And it, well, it, because it's like, then, then you're not, then you're not in it. Then you're not participating yeah. in the thing that, it's the contract that you have with the audience mm-hmm. is like that. I am going to give you this thing, but am I, if yeah, I'm not yeah. really in yeah. it and not really doing it, which is, which is a hard line to walk mm-hmm. because it is like, you can be like, Oh, I'm in flow now, man. I'm really, yeah. Oh shit. All I'm thinking about is how this is happening. Well, I mean, that's the thing about being human. It's not like now that I teach these workshops, I'm good to go, guys. I'm never in my head. You <laughs> well, know? I mean, it, I looked at I, you and you looked like you had it all figured out. <laughs> I literally just recently, because one of the things I teach 
uh, one of the tools is, is mantras, to do a mantra, something positive. Because, you know, the word mantra sometimes makes you think of like hippie or religion or whatever. But whether we like it or not, we do mantras in our head already. Absolutely. You know, like I suck at this or I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. Or, I'm not I'm going to make it. I'm not good enough. Your head. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do a mantra, you might as well. If you're going to say something over and over, if you can catch it, you might as well do something positive. One of the exercises I do is, uh, you said this earlier, take us something that's a limiting belief, something you just decided you're not good at. We all do it. Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm not good at this. And make a, an opposite mantra, a verse mantra that says you're good at it. So if, hmm. I, if I decided at some point in my career I can't do characters, right. people often do that. Like, I'm not a character person. I can't do characters. Like, well, just, I don't know. Try to weave right it because into what what's going to happen is you're going to go out on stage. You're not. You're going to try to do a character. You're yeah. not going to do it as well as you want to do it. Yes. And then you've reaffirmed your yes. limiting limiting belief, uh-huh. and then it becomes even stronger. Uh-huh. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's so funny. I love this stuff. I really do. I haven't talked about this stuff in so long, and I feel like I need to be talking about this stuff a little bit more. Yeah, you know because, like with with what we're doing with the podcasts. I want it to be bigger than what it is, mm-hmm. meaning that I should just set a goal and be like, the thing is, I'm happy just doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm already winning because so, I, I get to do this. Yes. Like you're in my basement. Eric's here. We're recording. This will go out Friday. Yep. Woo, we're you, you know, like we're successfully yes. doing a podcast. I want more. Uh huh. So I want to be satisfied with the pure doing because I love this. Yes. The other parts I struggle with and I create stumbling blocks for it. Whereas like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't post because it's just going to annoy people or, you know, there's so many serious things going on or. or oh, that's why we need or, this stuff. Yeah. Or, there's so much serious stuff. It's very easy. You've got that person in your head that's always going to come up with an excuse. Yeah, it's, you know? it's insane. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, have you ever heard of Byron Katie? No, I don't think so. Uh, she's awesome. Um, I forget. It's she's called The Work. New Zealand? She's <laughs> from New Zealand. She's from New Zealand. That was almost as good what? as Dick Van Dyke's uh, English accent. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's me, Bob. <laughs> I hope nobody from New Zealand is actually listening to this podcast. You I never apologize. know. That's true. The Concords love me. Um, but... <laughs> They do. They can't they get do, enough. Both of them. Uh, her her thing is called the work, and this is ridiculous. I do another podcast called Roach Coach where mm-hmm. we listen to new metal, and one of the producers of like a lot of seminal new metal albums. Yeah, his name is Ross Robinson, and his mother is Byron Katie, who created this thing called the work. So the work is simply stating a limiting belief or something of which I would blame somebody else for. Uh-huh. So I could be like, my father's the reason X, Y, Z. Sure. Mm-hmm. One, uh, the first part of the work is like, is that true? Uh-huh. And it's like, that might be enough for you to kind of be like, oh, you know what? I'm an adult. Right. Yeah. Right. The second one is like, how do you know that it's true? Uh-huh. Ooh. The third one, I don't remember because it's been a while since I've done it, 
But the fourth one is like a turn mm-hmm. to replace that person with yourself. Mm. So it's like, I'm the reason yeah. why this isn't, and I'm going to let it go. So like you kind of, yeah. you kind of put yourself in that position and then it's like, oh, well, if that's the reason, then I don't need to be hung up by that anymore. Yeah. Because then I can do so. I'm the active participant in my life. Right. Like I, so much, so much of the stuff that we carry and the fears that we carry or the stuff in the past are not having to us in the exact moment that we're worried about them. Right. Like that's part of yeah. being human. Right. We carry, you know, something happened to us once and it could be something very serious, but it's not happening to us now. Right. At this moment, hopefully, you know, like, right. It, so, yeah, to remind yourself of that, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, and I'm in. I'm in control. Yes. Like, yeah. Because I, I'll get lost in. I wonder if they like me. That because uh-huh. I like to be liked, like everybody. See, this is so interesting to hear because I would not think that you would think that way. But knowing humans, it's not a surprise. But. As your friend, I would right. never think that. But oh, I'm laying it bare. <laughs> Matt's not here. I'm, I'm I'm putting it all out there. Yeah, yeah. But like, I I love being liked like Me that. Me too. That, I mean, I think that's part of the performing thing in us. It's that's not, why we're doing yeah, it, right? Yeah, it's a big part of it. Uh, not but, like I go to do a show and I'm like, people are gonna like me tonight. But ingrained in us, you know, keeping the momentum of doing mm-hmm. this, and yeah, yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, no matter what, they're they're gonna uh, they're gonna like me. Yeah, which I find can also be damning. Yeah, because then I can't be me. Like part of you has to let it go, has to let go being liked. Yeah, to actually be authentic, because the truth is, coming back to the yeah. point of view thing, you're going to say something or believe something that somebody doesn't believe believe at all. Sure, you know, even if it's like I like smiling, someone's gonna be like. Bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can obviously make everyone happy, but also the other uh, flip side of that is you don't know when everybody's happy or not happy. Mm. We tell ourselves these stories of like these people don't, this person isn't into me. We gauge a reaction. B- Brene Brown, have you ever heard of her? No. Oh, she's an amazing author, and she has some. You can she's some TED talks. You can find her on YouTube. She has a book about vulnerability, and I don't know if it's in that book, but there's. She talks a lot about these instantaneous stories we we tell each other like i got to your house and you had some this didn't happen but say you i got to your house and you had a little reaction and i was like oh matt wishes i wasn't here tonight like we right i didn't say hello yeah, to you exactly. right away when really it's maybe like oh matt was uh, matt was with his daughter his baby. exactly but those little things that we could tell ourselves over and over so if we're trying to gauge who fucking likes us and who doesn't like us and when they like us and when they don't we can't. I mean, I think half the time people like us when we, you know, like right. more oh, more than less. But like, there's just no science to that, and that's so fucking tiring. Mm. Like, it's I'm exhausting so over that. Like, yeah, I obviously don't want to incredibly disappoint someone or make someone angry. I am a sensitive person, but I can't. I can't just be like, "Do you like that? Did you like that? Did you, is this good? Is this podcast? Is this moment? Are you having a? Are yeah. we having a real <laughs> moment here? Is this is this real enough for you? Yeah. 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 People really like me, though, so it's not much of an issue. Well, you're very likable. <laughs> Thank you. You're very likable. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy, too. This is fun, and I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about getting real. This should be my podcast. Get 
fucking real. Yeah. <laughs> if you need help, I'll, I'll set it up. You, I'll help you make it happen. Because literally, like now, to even if you were just to talk, you could have a podcast tomorrow. Because you could use Anchor, and Anchor is an app on your phone, mm. and you just talk into your phone, and then it'll it'll publish it as nice. a podcast. Nice. So like there, there isn't the barriers to entry like there were. Like mm-hmm. we have a lot of gear. A lot of this is Eric's and shared with mine. Like we've just kind of over the years have gotten all this stuff. Yeah, but yeah, but you don't really need. It's so funny how much technology is. Kind don't of tell changing. my wife that. <laughs> Do not tell my wife that. Don't tell her what? That we don't need all this shit. <laughs> it's all here now. <laughs> uh, now that it's here. Don't tell my kids. Don't. None of them. None of them. Everybody needs to know that we need all of this we stuff. We need it all. Well, we do because of how we're doing it. Um, anyway. Yeah. We, I, we, we got off a real moment to talk did, about bullshit. If I can bring us back to something we were talking about. I watched this movie... This weekend, but it's like a few years old. Not that that matters, but it's called I Am. Came out in the year 2010. (laughs) (laughs) The year 2010. That was my way of I couldn't see it, so I just uh, went. Uh, But he's the director of Ace Ventura. He had this big, amazing life. um, And he was starting, he had an accident. It didn't, you know, like was kind of coming back from that, like a bike accident. And... Uh, he was kind of like, am I happy kind of situation. I've got uh, the money. I've got the houses. I've got everything. And so he started doing, he did this documentary and it's about like what's going on with the world, what's going wrong with the world and what can we do? And that's what I am is. Uh, and I highly recommend it, even though it's the year 2010. <laughs> uh, but it just takes a look at lo- a lot of different things, all of which I'm forgetting right now that were super interesting. Um, but it's a lot of what we're talking about, about getting out of your head. In. Well, yeah. you know, it's 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 funny because now we Catherine and I have a daughter and it has given me a lot of perspective. Mm-hmm. Like. You know that I've had a I had a troubled relationship with my dad and I mm-hmm. still have a troubled relationship with my dad. And one of the things that I kind of realized is. In through talking through my to my brother, who I've had a troubled relationship with, and once my dad left, we started really working on our relationship, which has been great. It's been very healing, and he goes, I go, I'm like, I don't want to be bullshit to my daughter, and my brother goes, you got about five years. <laughs> And I go, what? He's like, I knew dad was bullshit when I was five (laughs) years old. (laughs) And I guess what I mean by that is like, if I want to be like, when I know what I want to be, it's very clear that it's like, I want to be somebody who's true to their word that when they say they want to do something, they do it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out the way that they want it to work out, they're okay because they have enough self-assuredness to know it was worth going for. And those are the things I want to instill in my daughter that she can take risks and she can do these things. And I know in my life, I have played it a lot more safe Mm -hmm. on the work front, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like where improv has always been a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. Cause I get or and even these podcasts has been a blessing for me to come to a place where I don't have to be so measured you know, because working for 
a company that has been incredibly good to me over the years, but at the same time, isn't my deep burning desire, love of my life calling. You know, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, if I'm going to tell my daughter she can be anything and can do anything, mm-hmm. I'd like to demonstrate <laughs> some of that. So sure. I don't have to be like, you can do it and then have to look her in the eyes when she goes, well, then why aren't you, dad? Which would level me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, th- I think about that stuff and it's kind of like really sparking me to a lot more action uh-huh. because I am the type of person. I mean, we are already doing this like we're already doing a lot of things but it's kind of like yeah but is it always going to be a hobby or is it going to be something that you take a lot more seriously yeah which is kind of like one of the reasons that you are here is because Uh i was like well if matters is going to be the show that i've always thought it was we need guests yes and you don't get guests by not asking him. (laughs) that's a rule that that is how that works (laughs) that's how that works so, um, I don't, uh, it, it is one of those things where I'm like, I just don't want my daughter, like she's going to have her issues with me. I'm going to make a ton of mistakes because we're, we're human. You're human. And, and it and would be weird if she was like, my dad was perfect. My dad was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think that would do that her would, no. any, any good. Like I, yeah. I, I've seen the other end where it was like, mm-hmm. now this person's on such a pedestal that it's very difficult for anybody to measure yeah. up. And it's like baby i don't want to marry you. i'm married like yeah. i've got a wife <laughs> like not yeah. what i want yeah not what i want um so it's like it's just a lot of perspective having a baby is a ton of perspective which i wanted you know sure and i'm happy that it's happening uh. <laughs> i'm gonna sound like a fucking weirdo wow. no you sound like a very sweet dad and it does who's, happen. It's happening. Yeah, who's had a life-changing event, and therefore it's putting a lot of things in perspective. You, it, it's funny because you just said you had a life-changing event, mm-hmm. and it's putting a lot of things in perspective. And I know you personally, so yeah. If, if, oh. it's, <laughs> if it's too far out of bounds, you know, obviously I don't want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. push you to talk about anything. But I, um, I, I've known that you were adopted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I know recently that you went through the process of the genealogy thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know how much you're willing to share. So sure. I will just say, I know it's a story, but I don't know how much of the story you would want to tell. And I don't yeah. want to tell it for you. Oh, I don't mind. I'll tell as much as you want. I mean, I, I'll, yeah, I, I like talking about it. Okay. I don't know, cool. I don't know Perfect. if you've heard of any of this. Okay. So this, this will be interesting for you. Uh, but yes, I, uh, I and my brother were both adopted. Uh, from separate families. See, I didn't know that your brother was adopted yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we always knew we were adopted. So I'm, I don't know when my parents told us as children, but in my view, I've always known that mm-hmm. I was adopted. So like the, you're very special. We got, to, you know, we came and picked you up kind of not blah, blah, blah. Cause it's very sweet, but sure. you know, that's, I, it was a good thing. I think I, I am glad that I always knew, uh, but I was never, I was never really interested in finding anything out. Yeah. Um, in Michigan, if you're born before 1980, your adoption is closed, so it's not as easy to get information. I didn't know this until the last couple of years because I I never looked into it until uh. then. Uh, but but regardless, I, my family was my family. I had a good okay. life. Like you know, because that's like, another thing is yeah, you know, 
if I am adopted, my parents have done a great job of never telling me, and it's a complete secret. <laughs> so I have, I have reason to believe that I'm biologically my parents. Um, but if that were to, if I were to have known, yeah, I I would want to know. Like it is that question I would have is like, yeah. How do you view your parents? They have to be your parents, yes. not your not your birth parents, yeah. but like, yeah, they're just, to me that they're the pe- my parents are my parents. The people yeah, that's my me. mom and my dad. Yes. I like we share no blood, but that has nothing to do with it, really. Well, you know, because really up until recently, and now I and we'll get to that. Now I know some blood relatives, but it's not like oh, I never knew what love was for a relative until now. It's it's all the same, right? You know. Um, so yeah, so I'm adopted and around, uh, cause this, I'll say this, no big deal. Uh, this plays into it. My mom passed away a few years ago. Yes. Um, and, uh, I don't think I told you this, but soon after maybe like three or four months after she passed away, I was going through her things and like cleaning up her room. She had an office and I found like wedged in a bunch of papers that it kind of was a miracle that I found this. She had typed up. My mom was a writer actually also. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 She used to uh, write for the Detroit free press and like she worked on. Yeah. So that's kind of, it was exciting. I dedicated my first book to her cause she's awesome and she was a writer. Uh, but um, I found this uh, five, five to six page typed out letter about my adoption. Like it wasn't specific details I didn't know, but it was like from her perspective and uh-huh. when they found out and when they got to meet me and then they didn't get, they didn't get me right away. You know, like, it, yeah, that kind of thing. And like, it was very soon after, but like, you know, go and then going to get me. And it was just, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's someday I want it. It needs to be like in a magazine. Cause I think it's a really beautiful perspective of how much love is in this woman and how, right. you know, how excited she was. It's just like, palpable how gorgeous it is so that kind of stuck something in my head like this may sound funny but because my my birth parents uh are are a little bit younger than my parents who raised me in my head they were always younger so when i turned 40 i was like they can't be 40. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I know. Obviously, I know. But they're stuck but in a time capsule yes, exactly, of the moment of that they had you. People. Right. Not tons younger. They're in their right. early 60s, but my dad's in my se- in his 70s. Uh, but, like, that, turning 40 was like, well, you know, if I want to do something, I should probably do something soonish Because, I mean. You don't know. You don't know. So I kind of, like, dabbled, and I took my time with it. And one of the things I stumbled upon was 23andMe, the DNA testing. That mm-hmm. now is something a lot of people know about. But uh, a friend of mine, Rebecca Jacobs, was like, she had been tested not through 23andMe, but another site. And she was like, you might want to look into it because uh, you'll be connected to other people you're related to who happen to take the test from the same company. And I was like, I never knew that. Uh-huh. And also I could find genealogy. You know, I could find out where I had some basic uh, I had what's called non-identifying information. So, you know, it said that I was English and Irish and, you know, but in the same way that we all find out from our families, we found an information. You don't know all of it. Right. right. So right. I was like, this will be super interesting. Um, so I took the 23andMe test. It took for, this was a couple years ago and I took it right around Christmas or January, you know, when everybody's getting theirs from Christmas mm-hmm. gifts. So it took a while. I finally got it. Uh, like the ancestry lined up in that I'm like 99% European. No surprise. Right. <laughs> um, you mean I'm white? Yeah. What? But I am point 
negative point one North African. It's real small. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like a point on my fingernail, but I've got it. Anyway, ah, I've got so the motherland is in me. <laughs> so um, I did that. And I remember you have to like open the page for the tools to like connect you to relatives. And the first person I who's like on highest on my list uh, was uh, a woman. I'm not going to say her name, but uh, uh, <laughs> but she was my second to third cousin. It gives you a range. So I wrote her soon after and was like, hi, I know we're kind of distantly related. I mean, and this is a big deal for me, right? Because I've never you're, been in any you're taking contact a with major yeah. risk. Yeah. Right. So, and this is a couple years back. This is maybe two or three years ago. Reached out to her, and I was like, uh, you know, just want to let you know, I'm adopted. Maybe you know someone, or blah 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 blah. So she wrote me back like a week later, and it turned out that she was adopted too. Oh wow! Yeah. Which is crazy. Have you, maybe I haven't wow. told you this. No, story. Yes. I, if you did, it is gone from yes. my memory. Yes. So that my cousin Tiffany, who lives in New York and who works in the theater industry, which is crazy. Um, and so uh, we ended up meeting. Actually, I was on a, I was on a trip with your wife in New York. This was like two November. Oh ago, yeah, I yeah. Think. Um, we ended up meeting that November. And so when I met her, we were both meeting blood relatives for the first time at the same time. Wow. Like it was crazy. She has brown curly hair. She looks kind of like me. Like it was the first time I was like having a conversation, but like looking at the other person's face, like you're just like talking, but also being like, you know, and she's second, third to second, third cousin. So like, you know, you guys know your relatives. It's not like your cousins are super It's not a mirror. Right. Yes. But at the same time, like there's something there. there. So that was amazing. Kind of forgot, you know, we would write back and forth, not forgot about it, but didn't really, I thought, you know, maybe this is it for like meeting people because like I said earlier, it's the, it's a closed adoption. There's a way in the state of Michigan, you can hire someone like an intermediary that like they will reach out to your birth parents and be like, your, you know, child is interested in meeting you. Are you interested? And then they will let you know. But I just was like, I don't know. I, I. I, I told myself I'd never be upset. Or I didn't think I'd be upset if they didn't want to know me, but I didn't necessarily know that that was true. Sure. So I never, hi. I never, uh, I never went into that. And then one day in August, I was on vacation with some friends. I was just like sitting at a breakfast table at a restaurant. And I, I look, so, you know, I had done the 23 me, but kind of is in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. I look at my phone and it's a message and it's like from a relative at 23 and me. And I was like, Oh, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> the first sentence was like, hi, Kara. Um, I am your full sister and my parents are your parents. What? what? <laughs> and I literally took the phone and I, I just gave it to my friends Brian and Chris died. I, get, I, put, I was like, I can't. I was like, I can't read this. I can't read this. Right. And so then they're reading this email. And I'm just like, at the same time, I'm like, even though I, I can't process it, I'm like, tell me what's happening kind of thing. <laughs> so, so yes, my full sister, her name is Corey. Incidentally, I'm Kara Corey, even though we were like not right. named, at, you know, so we were named separately. Um, she never knew she had a sister. She was on 23andMe just for the same thing most people do, just to find ancestry and stuff like that. She'd been on it for a while, didn't know that there was a whole tool that could connect you to relatives, uh-huh. uh, and read a really interesting article on the Washington Post 
about you know people being connected and it was like sitting next to her husband it was like oh maybe i have a cousin on here like just casually opened up her app on her phone and where other ways it says like it'll say like a range like i said second to third cousin third to fourth it just says sister on top wow holy cow and because we share 53 percent of our dna (laughs) (laughs) and because when I first set this up, you don't have to have your picture. You don't have to have your full name. But I put my full name and picture in case anything like this happened. Right. Which it happened. Um, so she, yes, she, yes. Oh, that is <laughs> that, amazing. That has so, so joining us in Matter Studios, Matt Rose, everybody. <laughs> I really wish I could have been here for the whole thing. You have no idea how much I wish I could have been here for the whole thing. There's still more. There's still more. Yeah. Yeah. So we have now, she's now gotten the message. Yes. I now, yeah. So when I got the message, and thankfully I was on vacation because I could not, like Krista and Brian were like, it's time for dinner. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like I wasn't upset, but I was overwhelmed. I sure. was like, my that, brain stopped. That working. has to be like, it's short circuited. Yeah, yeah. I don't, if I've, because my dad's a scoundrel. Yeah. If I were to have a brother, a half brother, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Yes. I but w- it still would be. But I still would be like. Yeah. It's exactly. Fuck, it's fucking true. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I always thought there was a chance. I knew nothing of the story, uh, but I thought there was a chance I'd have half siblings. Uh, because I knew my mom was in her 20s. My dad was in his 30s. I didn't expect. So they're together. They stayed together. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, so I never expected, thought about a full sister, a full family member. So that was just in and of itself. So I remember like at the cabin I was staying at, there was no internet, which I think was a good thing that I could just <laughs> right. dive into stuff. It was like, okay, information, let it process. So the next day I left and I went, um, to Tim, Hort- I went all over trying to internet and finally I found it in Tim Hortons and I was like. Uh, trying to write, I wanted to write my sister back and just, but like, hi, I'm overwhelmed, but I want to let you know that, that I'm happy about this because I I knew that there must have been some trepidation. Oh my god, with this, yeah, because yeah. I would, if I had sent that, I would yes. be like, oh shit, right? What yes. is what is yeah. this person going to and think? She, yeah, and I, everything, everything's coming. Does she like, know she's adopted? Does she know she's adopted? Yeah. Do, what is? Oh my god, I got to stay with our birth parents yeah what if she's jealous yes what if what if she hates me because yeah she got into a bad family Uh and like all of that stuff yeah i can't even i can't even imagine because i have a hard enough problem (laughs) writing women like messages on match (laughs) (laughs) i can't imagine what it would be like oh oh hey by the way like i'm a a, you know blood relative but (laughs) Let's see how this goes. Can't you just start doing that on match? I am a blood relative. You try that, Matt. I am your full blood relative. What are you doing on Friday? What are you doing on Friday night? <laughs> Do you want tacos? Bada bing. The, the answer is always... Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I'll have tacos with my brother. It's cool. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, oh, okay. So I got to Tim Hortons, and I went into the feature and 23 and me to write her back and it was like that part was down for the day no like and i'm what? like are you 
fucking kidding me? And I f- had found her since, you know, Brian found a picture on Facebook. So he showed me that, which I also found in that moment that I have three beautiful nieces uh. who are no surprise related to me. Still missing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't want, I wanted to write, wanted to write her through the avenue that she wrote me because it's just, I don't know. That would be, I would be like, oh shit, she's already gone that far. Like I knew that she she had, you know, when we talked, she had already done that. She started an Instagram account just to look at my stuff, (laughs) Uh, which I don't mind. But when you're first meeting, the first thing you don't want to be like, I tracked you down. Sure. So I had to, I waited yeah, and it wouldn't go up. So that night, Brian's phone in the cabin got some internet, and I wrote her back like in this little window, like on on my phone. And I don't remember what I even wrote, but it it was a nice message. She really liked it, and it basically was like, "I'm so happy. I don't know what to say, but <laughs> like, but yay." But I'll be in contact yes, soon. Exactly. But don't worry, this is a good thing. So she said she had a similar reaction to that. She was like, she gave her phone to her husband. And was like, I can't read this, and he had to read it to her. Um, so <laughs> can you read it for me? Sure. What does it say? <laughs> ah! it basically, basically was that, that's what my head did for it. It's still doing that. Um, so that was in late August. Um, we wrote emails back and forth, like long emails for about a month. And then on my birthday on October 5th, we talked on the phone for their first time. Um, we text daily. We talk on the phone every week. Um, I visited her in January. She lives in uh, Virginia, just out of D.C. And actually, I just booked a trip for Memorial Weekend. I'm going to go there and go camping with her and her family. Like, I have a sister. (laughs) That is amazing. It's crazy. And I met in December, like the first week of December, she flew in so I could meet my birth parents. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so I've met them. So how'd that go? Good. Barb and Gary, they're lovely people. Barb and Gary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they live in Wayne, uh, very close to the airport, very close to here. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. It, wow. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's it's amazing how how not weird most of this has been. Like when I was driving to their house that day, I was just like, holy fuck. You know, right. I'm like 43. I'm meeting these people who have given birth to me, have thought about me my whole life. But at the same time, I was like, I can't, there's nowhere to put that in my head. I just have to be like, let's have a nice day because you can't process that. No. Like you can't like. That's eating the whole elephant, right? Yeah, That's like. You're just like, I just, all I can do is be in a this nice moment, person and meet these nice people. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, because they. Because of time, right? Yes. It's like, yeah, I'm 43. Yeah. So I can't really go back to 43 years ago. Yeah. And being like, tell me exactly what the fuck happened. Yes. Well, and the beauty of it, at least for me, is I've never cared nor worried, no, and, and, and frankly, even wondered about what happened. Mm. I've been more like, I had a great life. You did a really nice thing for me. Uh, and thank you, and for my family, thank you, and whatever. What happened, a gift happened. you give them! I know being able to tell them. Yes, that. yeah, and I think that's it, really I think awesome. It was a big deal for my mom. You know, that day wasn't much about like having like heart to heart, but more just like kind of casual conversation. A mixer, sure. exactly. <laughs> we went to dinner, and we like I swear to God, everybody ordered everything they wanted because I think it was like it's a special day. Get twelve desserts and four steaks. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like literally, it was a treat yourself moment. If there ever is a treat yourself moment, it's like you just met your birth parents. Um, but yeah, I I have since 
uh, like parked at their house when I've gone to the airport. Um, <laughs> uh, we're probably going to get dinner pretty soon. So the nice thing is, is they've been very nice in like taking their time. Like my sister, like nothing has been rushed. Mm-hmm. It's like slow and steady. That's and, like, really yeah. nice. Yeah. It hasn't been like, well, you're our little girl, so let's get like wait a yes. fucking minute. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, and they're they're very sweet, and I'll get texts on holidays or or randomly. It's just it's just yeah, it's crazy. I also I don't know if I told you this. I so my dad my my birth dad was married before he was with my mom, so I have three half siblings. Okay. Besides <laughs> my sister, <laughs> so uh, I I went from having like a brother, and now I'm like the middle of five children. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had some Facebook contact with one of my half-sisters. They seem like lovely people, but we're kind of taking our time. They're in Florida, so it's not like I can meet right. them anytime soon anyway. But, like, yeah. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, your average story people tell on your podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, nope. Yeah, Matt and I talked about He-Man for, like, six <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah. I heard well, the truth is, Prince Adam <laughs> nosebleed, pass out. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about yeah. E-Man. After a while, we were like, we don't care. <laughs> so we, we need to do something else. Yeah. That is amazing, Kara. It's it's so surreal because it's yeah, that my, was my question. story. So, so how are you today? I'm, I'm good. I've been good the whole way through. I... I think because I've taken my time with it and also because like my sister's awesome. Uh, my birth parents are lovely people. Like it's, it's a really nice scenario. Sure. It's, I went into, even before I met them, you know, I was always like, if I meet anybody and I'm not interested in having them in my life, I do not have to have them in my life. I can be like, hi, this is me. Bye bye. Like right. my life right. is my life. But the lovely thing about this is, like, I want to have these people in my life. I'm excited. There's still so many people I have not. There are un- aunts and uncles and, you know, like, I have a grandmother still alive. There's people to meet. Uh, so it's so it's like I'm still very much in the beginning part of this journey. I mean, this started in August. So, like, we're right. not even. Yeah. So you're how, like you're like Harry Potter in his first year at Hogwarts. <laughs> oh my god. I mean think about that. Maybe they haven't told me I'm a wizard. <laughs> and here yeah. you are amongst dust muggles. I know. I will say that is the one thing that was hard about finally knowing all of my history is when you're an adoptee, it's very easy. I mean, not as an adult, but as a child to like have rid insane like fantasies about who your actual parents Mm -hmm. are i literally had one about i don't know understand why where i was when i thought this that michael jackson was my dad (laughs) i was just gonna say the jacksons (laughs) there's no way i but i remember thinking like he would like show up in a helicopter and i'd be like hey mean kids guess who my dad is i was he would come out moonwalking and and, uh, helicopter is one definite way that I would imagine he would show up. <laughs> Wouldn't yes. be announced. Yes. It would just be like, oh man, what's that helicopter doing here? He repels down. Hey! Throws his hat. Age and obviously the obvious reason he can't be my father. But yeah, Madonna was another one because she was actually from Michigan. Sure, She had to be very young when she had me, but and then I look not Italian at all, but 
Yeah, I went with that one for a while. So turns out, yeah. It's well, uh, Barb and Barb and Gary. Gary. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a friend of mine that I worked with, uh, she's, I think she's 43, 44, something like that. Uh-huh. And she just recently found out that she was adopted. Her parents had dropped it out of nowhere. What? Where they were just like, oh, wow. by the way, you're adopted. Where she was like, the fuck? <laughs> Uh, where um, wow. she's uh, she's Indian, uh-huh. uh, and her parents um, also Indian. Um, just I, I like they just mentioned like oh yeah you know a family couldn't take care of you so we took you. Wow. And she was like, I have questions, and they were like, ask away. We don't know if we have all the answers. Uh-huh. And then like she asked a few questions, and then she was like, I don't really care. Yeah. Like I, I've I've made it this long. It would probably be really hard to track the people down. Yeah. And my parents gave me the best life they could. So that's nice. I mean, she can always do DNA testing. She she, she <laughs> could. That's she right. Could be connected. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 good. I'm still. It's like, and I think for a long time, I'll be shocked. Like just the other day, my sister and I were talking on the phone and we were just like, we, we both were like, we have a sister. Like, this is my sister because part of it feels natural and normal. Mm-hmm. And she's a really nice person. I just like, like a friend you meet and you're just like, Ooh, we're connected. We connect. We right. clicked yeah. right away. And so you, when you have a friend like that, you're not like, I have a friend. Cause you just have <laughs> right. A friend. Yeah. But so it's I, like, I actually am like that. But <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Um, and she does. Well, then act like it more. (laughs) (laughs) How many updates did I give you? You're the best. (laughs) He gave you like seven times. He was like, God damn it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's fine. That's fine. But yeah, I'm trying to think what else I can say about that. But hashtag 23 and me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not paid. I I find that story really inspiring. I find it. It's very beautiful. It's yeah, it's beautiful. It's miraculous. Not to interrupt you, but like a few things, I do you know, like I could have, there's several places I could have chosen to do the DNA test. My sister is actually her husband that bought her the test. He could have done the same. She could, you know, like the fact, the timing and everything like right. that, mm-hmm. that it all lined up. Of like, all the things. Yes. Yeah. Because there's Ancestry.com yeah. has a version, I think. Yes, they absolutely yep, do. Fam- Family Tree is another them, yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and now there's even more coming out. And yeah it's it's and again i still to this day i you know i always knew i was adopted i always knew there's a chance for siblings it's my sister that i'm always like it must have been so crazy because she was raised as an only child she has half siblings but they were mostly in florida when she was growing up so like i can't imagine just being like yeah yeah (laughs) right yeah because yeah i think i think well i'll be thinking about it for a minute where it's just like when she was a little girl and you were a little girl, like, yeah, no idea. No idea. We have oh, this crazy, both of us are, one of our favorite numbers is 23. <laughs> we met on 23 and me. We are 23 months apart. Uh, my birthday is on the 5th. Hers on the 18th. That equals 23. 23. <laughs> I found out on uh, in Tawis on Route US 23. Yep. Like, there are all these 23s that play into it. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wasn't there a movie, the number 23, that had Jim Carrey? It, yes. <laughs> but weird. But the number drives him nuts. Oh. 
So don't use so that don't watch a point <laughs> so don't watch connection. It. <laughs> Kara, thank you for ser- sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thanks. It's a fun story to tell. So thanks for listening I, to it. I look forward to hearing updates in the future. That Absolutely. I look forward to hearing the whole story <laughs> when you publish on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip the first parts where I'm making fun of you, Maddie. No, I, I, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> How about we take a quick break? We'll be back with more Just matters me. after this. Back to matters. We've reached the part of the show where we talk about what we're into this week. Maddie, uh, before we get into that, it is nice to see you. Yeah, thanks. I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm you're so glad I could attend my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't miss the whole thing because then I, I was like, oh shit. This is the first episode of Matters without Matt Rose. That Damn, is, that's it's not right. This is, I mean, this is the first episode of Matter, really. Right. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you're into this week? Uh, well, so one thing that I thought was pretty interesting uh, is that today is the fiftieth anniversary, fiftieth anniversary of two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Oh, it was released in theaters. Now, if my memory serves me correct, you went to Washington D.C. to see I it in IMAX. To D- no, not IMAX. I flew to D.C. to see it at the AFI Theater, a restored seventy millimeter print. Oh, nice. yeah. So I went with Jeremy because um, Jeremy lived in D.C. at the time. So I had a place to stay, and he told me like, "Hey, dude." Just so you know, seventy millimeter is ultra Panavision, if I remember. Seventy millimeter is is the nutso film. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's what beautiful. Tarantino did. Hateful Eight in yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like it's ultra it's, Panavision. Yeah, it's Ben Hur is in seventy millimeter. It's nuts. Well, I think uh, I think so was Peter Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia and. Uh, Shit, a few other like maybe um Beethoven. Dirty dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. God. You just had to go with Beethoven. <laughs> Charles Grodin. <laughs> Air Bud was obviously <laughs> 70 millimeter. Uh they were just scared stupid. There is a scene in Chairman of the Board. <laughs> working girl was. I know that. Yeah, working girl. working girl. Working <laughs> girl. That's 70 millimeter restored print of Woo. working girl. I, w- I flew to Portugal um in a one woman helicopter took a kayak down the Amazon just to watch that, but that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> anyway, back to DC. In <laughs> 2001, a space odyssey. Uh, <laughs> Made a <stars>. but, um, <laughs> uh, but that was the first theater that I'd ever gone to that had like a bar. So that like that made an impression, and also seeing the movie how it was originally intended yeah was 
Just the scale bananas. of that had to be immense. Oh, it was nuts. Had to look awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. Were you able um, to smoke in the theater while while it was going on? Um, I don't think so. Should have. Pre-pen days. <laughs> oh, um, mm-hmm. But I, I do know that the people that were sitting in front of us were really annoying, and I did not like them. <laughs> I remember that. Because they kept talking. Like, they were also IT people, but they were like obnoxious it people and i just wanted to strangle them with a phone wire like they were they were awful it's all right it's all right eric matt do you have anything that you were into this week um when i received your text today i was watching uh the first episode of barry on hbo oh Oh. Oh. how did you like it well um the elevator pitch was probably just um bill Hader as a hitman and that's all i needed he is so <laughs> fucking charming and <laughs> delightful and i have a man crush uh i just watched the second episode today yeah actually. oh yeah, yeah. i watched and the, the beginning the of the second episode especially for improvisers you should see the first one <laughs> i have seen that one oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh the beginning of the second episode especially for improvisers there's a whole mirror exercise yeah yep, 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 and yep, the yep. way they do it is so brilliant so it's, you're going to love it. But I have a friend who's on that show. Oh. His name is Andy Carey, and he is one of the uh, people in the group. Okay. So he, I mean, if you know what he looks like, you've seen him. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's He's a great show. Is that how, is that how recognition have, works? <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. But he's, <laughs> he's there. You can see him. Then it's I've cool. seen him. I've, yeah. Shout out <laughs> to New Zealand. <laughs> was, so, it, was he like the the mime or whatever? Like what? Like if he's, he's in the in class the theater group, yeah, yeah, yeah. But was he part of the uh, the going or not the going away party? You don't have a going away party for someone who was murdered. Um, yeah, he did the rap in that. That's him. <gasps> no! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he did a really good job. So watch Barry. <laughs> watch <laughs> Barry. So take that away from you. No, no. Carrie, do you have something? That you I have been watching uh, Wild Wild Country. Have you heard oh, about this? Oh, this is the, heard about the it. show yes. on Netflix. Yes, yes. So no, you haven't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is it a show or a movie? It's a it's, it's a, a, series, a right? documentary series. It's okay, great. Six, seven, something episodes, hour long episodes about this religion maybe cult you decide that happened in uh i already decided it's a cult (laughs) (laughs) oregon it started in in india and then they ran into some um problems like legally they moved yeah yeah like uh, yeah they moved uh (laughs) to oregon to this big expanse of of land um they're called uh, i had to bring this up so i'd remember uh they yeah it's the the bhagwan yeah the bhagwan is the guy that they they worship um and in doing so taking over this land they kind of took over this small uh town called antelope so here are these people this 40 pop people there i want to say is a 99 percent invisible episode about this there might be i can't believe i never heard about it but it was in the 80s there was yes you know we were kids are growing up we were not like say no to drugs yeah exactly nancy reagan's on different strokes yeah and maybe (laughs) if we lived on the west coast uh but it is amazing the number of fucked up things that happen because the focus becomes mostly about this woman named sheila who is like the the assistant to the head religious guy yes um and kind of the what happens when you have power and you may be fighting for right but holy crap 
Anyway, I still have one episode left, but uh, it's amazing. It's worth it. It's worth it. And it's uh, they have, uh, like, I just read an uh, article about the two guys who put it together. And part of the reason they come up on the story is because they were talking to a a guy who had a whole bunch of archive footage of, like, hundreds and hours of archive from stuff that they shot themselves, stuff that was on television. Mm -hmm. Um, So between, like, now, the interviews now and all this footage they have, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm in. All right, good. I have a referral code. <laughs> <laughs> and Netflix. so her pyramid scheme begins. Yes. <laughs> starting to sound like a cult. This week, um, I, I, well, I wanted to tell a story about my daughter real quick. Aww. So we went to Chicago um, this weekend for Easter weekend. And we drove out Friday. And it wasn't too bad. We left around 3 and we got there around 10 o'clock Detroit time. Okay. 9 o'clock Chicago time. So it, it took longer than it would normally take. We took like two hour breaks in there uh, so she could get changed and fed and, and everything. And, but it was fine. And then at the hotel, it was fine. We had an amazing meal at Next. Uh, it was uh, French Classique. Ooh, and la uh, la. It, ooh, la la. It was very, very good. And we ate so fast. It was so funny. Like normally it's a course meal and it was nine, eight courses, eight courses. Normally, that would take probably two and a half, three hours. We were out in two because <laughs> we weren't drinking is the other thing. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Normally, we would get a wine pairing. We got just the standard non-alcoholic pairing, which is very interesting because they, won't, they don't half-ass anything there. So it isn't like water or yeah. Coke. They're like, uh, we uh, made a tincture of lemongrass and sage. Sure. They, they go all out. So then... It's Saturday night into Sunday morning, and it's 5.30 in the morning. Catherine's up with the baby. The hotel room's dry. I wake up, and I'm looking at her. I'm looking at the baby. I'm like, let's go. I've been there. Let's go. <laughs> it's time yeah, to go. Like yeah, it's, and it, it's like these weird moments where, like, oh, I am a dad. Like, I, that's a dad uh-huh. decision. Yep. Like, Catherine is very concerned about taking care of the baby and her health and everything. And here I am like, I just assessed this situation. Yeah. And it's like, time to go. (laughs) So we pack up. It takes about an hour and we're on the road. We're on the road like 730 Detroit time. Mm -hmm. And we make it home at 1 p.m. Goddamn right you did. (laughs) Like we blazed a trail. We only stopped once uh-huh. uh, because uh, our, our daughter was awesome. She was sleeping. That's Aww. awesome. Yeah, like the car put her right out, and we're like, awesome, perfect. Um, I will, I've said this once. I will say it a million times. For new parents, nobody can understate how often you will check to make sure your baby is breathing. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like people say it. Yeah. And you're like, that's stupid. You can hear people breathing. Mm-mm. Nope. No, you can't. Uh-huh. No, you, and it doesn't matter. You're across the room. Or now they're in a rear-facing car seat. Yeah. And you're worried that your child was crying two seconds ago and now is deadly quiet. <laughs> she just cried herself out. Like, she would just be facing the back and just like, ha, yeah. ha. <laughs> and it's like, are you... Then this is me with my hand behind my wife's seat, 
unzipping the uh we have one of those covers because it's winter yeah. on, on the um on the car seat on the anyway. prairie on, on, on the car on the courier <laughs> car seat on the prairie uh so we i zip it down and i'm like touching her head sticking your finger in her eye Wait, oh putting a mirror in front of her well we have <laughs> putting it under her nose yeah. yeah so we have all that but i'm like rubbing her face like way more than i normally would uh-huh. just so like her hand will come up and beat it away i'm like she's fine uh. and of course i'm trying to figure out what's going on and Catherine's looking at me like is everything okay? You're scaring me. Because <laughs> I, when I don't know what's happening, I get really quiet. Yeah. And I look really serious. <laughs> so she is like, Matt? A little communication. Tell me what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, it's fine. It's fine. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I can't tell <laughs> the baby's breathing. <laughs> It's not the words that I want to utter in that moment. So I'm just like, I'm just just checking for movement, making sure everything's okay back here. So we get home. Catherine's going to do what she needs to do. And then she's going to get ready to feed the baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no problem. I'm going to change the baby. And I make... Now, I've made one rookie mistake before. <laughs> that rookie mistake was... When I heard her use her diaper appropriately, yeah, I instantly was like, all right, cool. She's ready to go ch- get changed. No. She's just like any other person. That's the beginning of going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no. There's more bathroom to come. <laughs> more bathroom to come isn't good when you've already removed the diaper. Mm. So I was like, ah, no big deal. So here's the second rookie mistake. Okay. Took her out of the car seat where she's pretty much folded up like a little ball. Immediately took her to the changing table. Immediately started to change her. Instantly. <laughs> bathroom time. Oh, <laughs> no. So I'm like, all right, well, that's, uh, we'll just uh, replace that diaper. Put that down there. And we're using cloth. We're using cloth, guys. I care about the environment enough to use cloth. <laughs> and then I grab the second diaper, put that underneath. Okay, well, we have to get rid of that diaper, too. <laughs> diaper number three, put that underneath. She decides to pee and then poop on that one. So it was basically like those, those Play-Doh like, machines <laughs> where you like push the lever down and right. it's just bonk, bonk. Yes. So, <clears throat> so she... She number ones and number twos simultaneously. I'm looking down and Catherine goes, She's throwing up. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Oh no. So she's, she's doing the trifecta. We <laughs> clean her up. We get her all dressed back up and I'm like, Oh, my sweet girl. Oh, God, no. And she's fine. She's like, letting it all hang hey, out. Hey, Rosemary. I've been there. <laughs> As an adult, I've been there. But it's so funny because like if I were to throw up right now, it would be a big deal. Yeah. All of us would be like, "Holy shit." Yeah. When an adult throws up, it's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Babies is like, yeah. "We're fine." <laughs> Babies Babies are like old men poker players. <laughs> don't give a shit what's happening. It's like they're just in the middle of a story and they're like, Bruh. anyway, going through their cards, sorting. <laughs> yep. No, I get it. They're good. 
They're good. So uh, that's a little story about our sweet Rosemary. Uh, <laughs> your sweet little shit show. Oh, God. I just You just feel like an idiot because it's not her fault. It was me being overzealous. And like, what's the first thing that normally everybody does after a long road trip? Yeah. They use the bathroom. And uh, here I am, overzealous lessons, dad. Lessons yeah. learned. Yeah. And we took her to the doctor yesterday and then ran a couple errands. And then Catherine was like, now we're going to let her have at least five minutes outside of the car carrier. I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> and uh, and that was fine. Uh, this week, I've... Um, well, it's kind of funny. I've been listening to the Doughboys, um, which is a very, very, very popular podcast uh, with uh, Nick Weiger and another gentleman of whom I can't remember, but they were both on the Birthday Boys. Oh, okay. And um, oh, Mitchie Two Spoons. <laughs> Mitch is his name, and I can't remember his last name. But anyway, they review fast food chain restaurants, That's and they have guests, and they're like, we're going to go to... Um, this place we're gonna go to In and Out Burger and we're gonna rate and review it. We're gonna go to McDonald's. We're gonna rate and review it. But they just did <laughs> the tournament of champions, the Munch Madness pizza contest. Oh, where it was like Blaze Pizza versus Costco versus Little Caesars versus Domino's versus another like L.A. chain. And uh, so shitty pizza, right? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was just shitty who, pizza. Who won? Domino's pulled out the W, what? which I find ridiculous because <laughs> I haven't had Domino's the last in a long time. The last Domino's pizza I had, I ordered because I got drunk off of two beers and I was like, Why am I drunk? I have no food, uh. I need food. And it was like, Who could deliver Domino's? Okay, <laughs> I got chicken, buffalo chicken bites that the barbecue sauce was so acidic, I couldn't finish them. And then I got a mushroom and pepperoni pizza that tasted like the box it came in. It was the worst. <laughs> when was this? A year ago, two oh, years wow. ago, it, a year and a half ago. It, so this was, this was after the rebranding. Yeah. Ah. Hmm. But their app, Domino's Pizza app. Dom is insane oh yeah that's uh, that's one of the things that they talk about and i think that this is really scary coming from a company that makes pizza we are more of a technology company yeah. that delivers pizza you should be a pizza company that has a good app that's true yeah. um but, uh, but their app uh, in, is insane um, in pizza related news did you hear that buddies might be coming downtown really yep yep oh saw that today on free I had Buddy's Pizza for the first time. The what? Recently. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't like have pizza because of the lactose. If, yeah, if I if I don't make it myself, but like, I know that Buddy's is is good. It's good pizza. It's good. That have you day. had Louis? No, never is had Louis. No. Louis the the it's the it's kind of Buddy's ish. It's in uh, hi, hi, where's the racetrack? That way, Hazel Park. Hazel Park. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be like huh. the kind of buddies. I don't know. I thought maybe so. Detroit at least style you could. Then. Yeah, I thought maybe you could redeem yourself 
By, by saying, oh, that. yeah, we were a Louis family. No, we were a little Caesars family. Oh, when it was like that long we piece were of paper sure. we were with Jets. two pieces pizza, pizza. Next, to each, next to each other. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. That was the best to me. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I, when, when I was a kid, we always really wanted pizza, but this was before Jets existed. So your options were Domino's or Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, we picked Little Caesars every time. I love Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. I still do. I think their Detroit style is really good. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. I mean, with it's not it. Jets, but you can get in contact with our show <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter at Matters Pod. Uh, you can also send us an email at matterspod at gmail.com. I am at Matt Noss on Twitter. I am at Karate Dracula. At Eric Hinky, spelled exactly nope. how it sounds. Not. And Kara, before we ask for your information, sure. First book, Happy-ish, yes, out there right now, Amazon store. Uh huh. You can get it immediately. You can download it. Yeah, you can download it, or it's available in paperback. Available. How's that feel? Feels great. I'm editing my second book right now. So Ooh. when can we look forward to your second book? I have no idea, but soonish. Ha ha. Playing Happy-ish, but uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Should I say my Instagram? Yes, please. You can say whatever you want. Oh, well, four score. And, uh, so my Instagram is Truman Writer and Instagram. I love Truman because of uh, because of your last name being mispronounced. <laughs> years ago. Me, years uh-huh. ago. I think I was part of that. You might have been. During the Sorted Lives run. Uh, yes, you were absolutely part of that. You became Truman and Krista became cooler. Uh-huh. My best friend. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Kara, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. This was a pleasure. I love it. We'll, Joy. We will have to not ha- wait three years to yes, have you back. For sure. And I will make sure to be here for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a very memorable episode, so we pulled it out. Thanks again. And we will talk to you on the next episode of Matters. Matters. The Street. His name is Matt His name is Matt And that's all that matters (laughs) It was a good try It was was a a solid try. try